Hey folks, welcome back for the 55th episode of The Intellectual Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Dawson, and I just want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in to our program over the past week to listen to our tribute to uh, Robin Williams. Um, That episode was a very personal one for all of us, uh, and it seemed to resonate with all of you, and uh, we are glad that we were able to share that that time with everybody and uh, remember the comedic and dramatic performance genius and um, that episode is now the highest downloaded show of our program uh, to date and uh, we thank you all for joining in today's program is an episode that's co-hosted with uh, myself Um, i'm joined by jessica drain who joins me on this podcast on occasion and you can often find her hosting our intellectual red carpet programs on our YouTube channel. Uh, Jessica, I really wanted in on this particular episode with me because we interviewed a woman who goes by the name of Mrs. X No More. Yes, that's a code name. Uh, We did not, in fact, ever get her real name. Mrs. X No More is the author of a book called The Secret Life of Captain X, My Life with a Psychopath Pilot. Uh, That title alone should give you some idea of where the discussion goes. Uh, But this episode, I thought, really resonated, especially with Jessica co-hosting, because she's gone through similar uh, difficulties in her personal life, and her and Mrs. X, I think, really hit it off, and they got into some very deep, very personal territory. It's stuff that I think will ring true for a lot of people who listen to the show. It's a lot of information that I think is very important for anybody who's in the dating world, putting themselves out there and meeting new people. Uh, There are things you should be looking out for. Not everybody out there is going to be good for you. And um, understanding kind of some of the warning signs to look out for, I think, is, is important. So this episode... I highly, highly recommend it to anybody who's dating or in a marriage that they aren't quite happy with um, or feel like something isn't quite right. I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. And uh, even if you're not necessarily dating or living with a psychopath, um, there's a lot of social and psychological things to look out for when you're getting into relationships with people. And I think this is a good conversation to kind of open your mind towards the things that you should be looking out for. So with that said, um, it is a long episode, so be prepared for that. Uh, The beauty of a podcast, uh, for those of you who are new with podcasts, is it is in fact radio on demand. So uh, download the uh, the episode through your podcast app on your phone or on iTunes, um, or if you're listening on Stitcher. Uh, You can pick up where you left off at any time. So download the episode, take a week. You've got a week before our next episode, so take a week. Listen to the whole episode. You'll get a lot out of it, I guarantee you. And so that's that. Uh, We'll get into the episode here in just a second uh, for a little bit of uh, housekeeping that we need to do. Don't forget that theintellectual.com is your central source for programs from the Intellectual Network. That includes this podcast, The Intellectual Podcast, as well as our Sci-Fi Sunday podcast, where we discuss topics ranging from comic books to sci-fi films and television uh, to fantasy and a lot of pop culture. 
It's a great program. We've relaunched it. It's a twice a month uh, show now, um, so you don't have to be too invested. Uh, episodes only come out uh, every two weeks. So be sure to check that out at theintellectual.com or search for it on iTunes or Stitcher at Sci-Fi Sunday. And that's Sunday like the dessert, not the day. And then we also have the Random Radio Podcast on the network. Be sure to check that out. It's hosted by Alan Wayne and Solo. And the two of them are an absolute riot together. They t- they cover topics across the board, from politics to sex to uh, pop culture and entertainment and everything in between and all around. And they are irreverent, they are intelligent, and they're a lot of fun to listen to. So make sure you check out the Random Radio Podcast as well at theintellectual.com. You can also search for them on iTunes or Stitcher or any one of your favorite podcast platforms. That said, help us out. If you're looking to build a website, uh, use HostGator and go to HostGator. They got some of the best hosting programs that you could possibly look for, the best prices, reliable service, all the things that you could need to build a site that you want, WordPress, uh, press to shop installs, Everything's there, and if you use the coupon code TALKHARDWEB, you'll get 25% off of your order, and you'll be helping out the intellectual network. Again, that coupon code is TALKHARDWEB, all one word, and you'll help out the intellectual, and you'll get yourself you know, a little bit off on your already affordable hosting plan at HostGator.com. And now, with that all out of the way... Here's episode 55 of the Intellectual Podcast with Mrs. X No More. Talk hard and enjoy the mindgasm. The Intellectual Podcast starts now. All right, on the line with us from an undisclosed location somewhere in the world is Mrs. X No More. Uh, Jessica, uh, I think you and her have a lot to chat about, so I'm going to sit here. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to let you guys go, so go. Mrs. X no more, which we will say Mrs. X for short. Good. Sure. How are you? I'm great and so happy to be here, to be on the intellectual uh, you know, network and podcast, and glad to let everyone know about this. Yes, it's very fascinating. Uh, you wrote a book, and it's about... Psychopaths. You married. Well, really, it's about my story, but I do end up giving hints and everything to avoid and understand these people who have no conscience whatsoever. You married one. Yes, I did. And this is how the book kind of books about you and your marriage. Um, mm-hmm. Where are you from? Well, originally I was from Chicago, and then I went to New York City to pursue an acting career, and I was a serial dater, and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in my youth, a young, pretty, you know, actress, and I met all kinds of men, and I actually have to say that I don't believe I ever met a psychopath in New York, but the studies that I've read are uh, indicate that most psychopaths hang out in major cities. The UK is filled with them. London is, and lots of books come out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, um, so I 
proceeded from New York. And then one day I woke up and said, you know, I don't want to be a cat lady in New York City. I was a good actress, but I just don't want to die with a bunch of cats in a flat in New York City. So I, (laughs) you know, and, you know, you're reaching your late 30s and the clock's ticking and I want to meet the right man. So I sort of took the United States and said, I'm going to move. So I moved to Phoenix. And I said, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to start in sales. What actress can't sell? And a lot of us, I couldn't get arrested. (laughs) So anyhow, I ended out staying at a uh, moving into an apartment in uh, out at the airport. And that's where I met a flight attendant who said, hey, you know, the conversation is men. And I said, I'd love to get married someday. And she looked at me and she goes, hey, I've got a guy for you. And she hands me a phone number and says, you should call him. He's not right for me, but because I have already got someone. So why don't you give him a call? And so I did. Mm. And that was it. And that's when I met Captain X by the phone and on the phone. And it started from then on in. Well, well right there, we already have a few things in common. Uh, I'm nearing my 30s and I worked at an airport too. <laughs> You're kidding. I did. I got laid off a couple of years ago, but I was there for about four years. It's, it's a, a man industry. like I, So we have that in common. That's very funny. I do say in my book and getting into the aviation, I title it The Secret Life of Captain X, my life with the psychopath pilot. But I do have to stress that it's not just that profession and right. we'll get into the cheating and whatever. Any profession can have psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Any, I mean, your janitor, your cleaning lady, uh, the FedEx man, anyone can be a psychopath. It doesn't go along certain uh, economic uh, backgrounds or uh, professions. Mm-hmm. It's not tied to that. A psychopath can be anyone. Right. We just, it's a funny coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it is that we have that in common. My my ex was a horseshoer, so that's definitely not a pilot. A what? A horseshoer. He puts the shoes on horses, clips mm-hmm. their nails, stuff like that. And we're in San Diego, so. Je- Jessica's <laughs> okay. a bit of a redneck. <laughs> a little, that's what he thinks. I do own cowgirl boots, but that's okay. So uh, that's a first for me, hearing of a horseshoeing uh, psychopath. <laughs> He's, he doesn't sound... Yes. We'll just leave it. Well, we will get to... I, I mean, if you'll allow me to, I will get to the key points of what you know made me decide mine was one. And you can go over them and say, check, check, check. That would be great. Check. Because yeah. everyone that knows me calls him that. And I'm like, no, I mean... I think I'm still in denial. David, she's in denial. Just <laughs> grab a hold of her and slap her face silly. Oh, I, he still plays me. games, so it's rough when you have believe a... Believe me, mm-hmm. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. Do you have a child with this person? I do. She's three. Oh, God. So I, I still have to see him on a regular basis, which is why I think I'm in denial, because it's a two times a week I have to see him. It's like bully blinders. She's just... <laughs> It's tough. <laughs> She's just going to close her eyes and go through it sometimes. 
Jessica, my heart goes out to you because in my case, my child, and we'll talk about that, was alienated, mm -hmm. but she was 17. So as she's now, it's five years later, and I have pulled her back into, and, you know, but the ex uh, in a psychopathic case uses the child as a pawn. That's what I'm worried about. But he's uh, also remarried and expecting another with the, the girl that he was with behind my back. <laughs> so I have to see but her all the time too. He psychopaths always have someone in the wings. Mm -hmm. It's always like there's an understudy there. Oh. And the other thing that people told me, or I should say I researched and was told through reading is that just because I was divorced and it's five years later, I cannot keep my guard down mm -hmm. about him because he will always come back to taunt me in some sense. They get their jollies off on making you upset by coming into your life again. And so that's why I fled the United States, because I wanted to be somewhere he doesn't go to. Yeah. It's the only way you can try and heal. The pain's yeah. always there, but you need to exactly. separate yourself. Mm -hmm. So what was your guys' first date? You said you called him. Okay, I called him, and this, of course, is, you know, before even internet, sorry to age myself. So it was just basically phone calls, and uh, we met, and he did what is the classic case of love bombing. <laughs> he came from a very well-to-do family, and, it, you know, it can happen even with the horseshoer. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, they don't let you go. They get into your life. Uh, an example is I was so down in the dumps that I actually ended out selling makeup, you know, being one of those annoying women putting perfume on people. And I, I mean, I was so depressed, so down, so emotionally, whatever. And then I met him. And one day on the phone, we kept the phone com conversation going on a while. I said to him, uh, you know, I'm having trouble with my boss. Now, here's a typical psychopath answer. Oh, don't worry about it. I understand you more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. He's inching his way into my life. Before I knew it, I was totally love bombed. All those chemicals in your brain and you're just, oh, he's wonderful. He's wonderful. And he acted wonderful. Soon gifting me with things, taking me places, telling me of his importance. And here's the most important part is that they mirror you. Give you an example. I always said I wanted to go climbing mountains. He said, oh, me too. We were married for 22 years. Did we ever climb a mountain? No. Nah. He skied. He loved skiing. Did we ever go skiing? And he was a pilot. We could have skied anywhere in the world. No. But they bounce off what you say. So if you say, I like uh, fly fishing. Oh, me too. God, I love fly fishing. So all of a sudden you're feeling like you found, and I hate this word or these words, your soulmate. <laughs> yes. Well, it's a, it's a predatory it. nature. Ex extremely predatory. Uh, like they they, often, they try to blend into the surroundings and make you think that they always existed there for you. Right. The, the so chameleons, and they also are tied to physically in animals, snakes, the serpentine eyes. And uh, I'm sure Jessica might have seen the eyes raging or the eyes looking at her in a certain way. And later on, I 
thought that those wonderful sparkling green eyes actually later on turned out to be those serpentine eyes, like he was going to bite me. So <laughs> Not true love eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But we don't want your case to turn out like, you know, movies, movies, uh, you know, make psychopaths. They idolize them. I mean, it's it, in, you know, you've got Psycho, Silence of the Lamb, mm-hmm. American Psycho, The Shining, uh, Cape Fear, Malice, Fatal Attraction, Misery, <laughs> you name it. Sleeping with the Enemy, uh, and my favorite, hmm. uh, Jennifer Lopez, oh, and enough. enough. Yeah, Enough. That's a good example. Oh, it's a wonderful one for victims, especially when she uh, ends out uh, winning with, well, watch the movie, but she learns martial arts and it was her only way out. Mm-hmm. And it, that was a wonderful movie. But um, I, I still haven't learned any martial arts. Maybe I should. And then I, I don't know about you, Jessica, but mm-hmm. I watch Criminal Minds, even though I've gone through all this. And I watch CSI and Law and Order and Dexter and, oh, Tony Soprano. Yes, there's <laughs> Psychopath. Those are all very good shows. Yes, they are. But unfortunately, they don't feature what I went through in a sense, and you did, mm-hmm. with a socialized or functioning psychopath. Hmm. Now, the difference between a socialized and functioning psychopath and all those people that I just mentioned in those famous movies is the others are criminal and ours are socialized. What's the difference between the two? We have the smarter ones. They know how to not get caught. I never know. I don't know really what to say because it's just everything you're saying. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, Yep, that sounds right. That sounds right, too. There are light bulbs popping <laughs> above just David, is she checking off a list? <laughs> can, you can see her, her eyes are darting along that list in her head. <laughs> I know I'm having a conversation with you, but I'm just in just listening, going, what else well, does she have to say? Well, let's get to David here, because oh. 4% of the population is supposed to be psychopathic. But when you get into that, out of the 4%, one percent are supposed to be female. I was this ask is, that. yeah. And from what I have read, and I've done extensive reading on this, that one percent, those women are hell on wheels. They use their sexuality to just grab a man, and he is just like, it's not only love bombing, it's sexual love bombing, and they just really destroy men. So you've got 3% of the 4% of the population, 3% are males who victimized females. And the other percent is 1% are male who victimized, uh, I'm sorry, or uh, male who are victimized by females. So I've met a female psychopath. I just, the, the only thing to do with psychopaths is avoid them. And unfortunately, Jessica, my heart goes out to you because you can't. I know. I've tried. So he still comes at me. Uh, it had been almost a year. I kicked him out of my house. Um, he would show up when his wife was napping with our daughter. And he'd show up. And this last time, about a year ago, I, I kicked him out. 
Um, and then a couple months later, he showed up again and he forced himself inside the house. And then I, he hadn't been around for a while. And then about a week ago, when I went to pick her up, he was alone when I went to pick her up. And then he tried it again, you know, putting his hands all over me, telling me he wished he married me. Um, or, and then it turned into, I had to cheat on you. I had no other choice. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and then it was what you said in the beginning. They uh, socialized. They say, oh, I have that in common with you too and that in common with you too. And then when they do it, they say, well, you never wanted to do any of those things. I'm like, but you didn't do those things. You said you did, but you never did do them. You weren't interested. And then now... All of those things that we supposedly had in common but didn't, he now does it all to prove a point that it was all my fault. Jessica, this is called crazy making. It actually is a term in psychology, crazy making. Mm -hmm. And uh, they make you crazy. Yeah. I've tried to tell his his mom and his sister. They all think I'm crazy. Um, And so eventually you just stop talking because you know you're not crazy. And I don't lie. Lying is very bad. And it's like, I, why would I make this up? This is just okay. crazy talk. But You're no. an obviously good woman. We're very vulnerable. In the beginning of my book, I, I don't know what your background is, but mm-hmm. most psychopath victims tend to have dysfunctional families. And I don't know if you came from that, but a lot mm-hmm. of us do. Mary Carr, who wrote, uh, I'm trying to think of the book, said a dysfunctional family is a family of over one. And uh, I came from that. Mm-hmm. And I was vulnerable. When I left New York City to pursue a new life, I was vulnerable. So when I met Captain X, Oh my God, I was, you know, self-esteem was really down. And there he was, Mr. Wonderful. So they, there's a certain type of prey they go after because if you're strong minded, they don't really stand a chance or do they? If you're strong minded, no, they really don't stand a chance. And getting back to us, we have what, there are quite a few books on this, some of us, some of the people in uh, who have written about psychopathy mentioned that we are empathets. We are super empathets and, and we, we have so much empathy. We're the type that cries, you know, at movies constantly. Mm-hmm. We feel for a man on the street begging who only has one leg. I mean, we emotionalize it where the average person feels bad, but we feel horrible mm-hmm. and we have to control our empathy. Yeah. So how long were you married for? Well, I'm not the longest victim, which by the way, I also say I am now a survivor. (laughs) Uh, I was married for 22 years. And because he was an airline pilot, he flew for three days or four days and came back. So I was in and out of insane living. And that explains why the marriage went on so long. Okay. And if, I if he'd have had a horseshoeing job and was around every day, it probably would have accelerated things. Yeah, but he was he was around, but wasn't around at the same time. <laughs> hmm. How long have you been divorced? Well, we never actually. My story's the same but different. We never actually got married. We were engaged, um, okay. and then during the engagement, you know, I was also pregnant. 
Um, mm-hmm. We were secretly engaged for a while, which means nothing, it turns out. And then he publicly proposed to me at Disneyland, the, my, my favorite place. Um, and while I was about four months pregnant, he told me he needed to take a break. But oh, we were, God. We were still exclusive, but he wasn't happy and needed to figure things out. Um, so, and then when my daughter was about a month old, uh, he was out with her and I was meeting him and I ran into, I, I wasn't supposed to go inside, but I did cause I needed to use the restroom. And that's when I ran into him and her and it all started to make sense. Um, they were being a family at that point with my daughter and a up until that point, I had accused him. I'm like, who are you seeing this girl? Because I like would come across an email or something on Facebook or at the time something on MySpace. And he'd deny it all. And I'm like, well, why don't you want me to hang out with you anymore and go to these things? And there's always just excuses. And it turns out he, I don't honestly know how long he had been seeing her. But he made me out to be the, the crazy one who was making stories up. And I needed to relax and... Um, do we need to break up? Blah, blah, blah. It was basically all of my fault. I was making it all up and it turns out it was all true. She, the new woman must think has, the new woman must have heard that you are the worst person in the world. They always bad mouth their prior relationship. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, he must have said a lot of awful things for her to actually follow through with marrying him. And now they're having a child. And I, I, in the beginning, I tried to tell her uh, via like social media because talking to her, you can't talk to crazy and make crazy person go, oh, you're right. So I knew she was probably looking me up on the internet. So I'd put things, little plants, like to let her know that she's being cheated on. And he also cheated on me. But um, apparently I was trying to just make him miss me and leave her. So well, my advice to you is stay away from social media a little while during this. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. the only way I can be on social media is under my pseudonym, which is I'm on Facebook and Twitter as Mrs. X No More. It's a great name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you chose this name so he couldn't find you. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't use social media anymore when it pertains to that, I've learned over the last four plus years not to do that anymore. It's also just not It's just worth an exercise it. in frustration. Yeah, it just makes you more hateful and full of anger and frustrated and depressed. And the, the, the spiral into depression, holy cow. And you, you talk about in your book depression and yes, you had suicidal thoughts, you said? Well, uh, in my case, which is pretty heavy duty, uh, my life was confusing mm-hmm. for how many years. It's sort of like all the signs that he did. Um, he was an emotional uh, recycler. They always, uh, you know, mirror you and recycle thoughts. And, you know, if I would say something, he would make it like that was my idea to go to that you know, resort or it was his idea. Everything was his idea. He, ch- oh, this is very important. Mm-hmm. The key word on anyone in referring to psychopaths is if somebody says, I met the most charming guy 
charming, charming. <laughs> I won't go out with charming ever. Charming is it. I mean, they make you feel so good. They make you feel so great. No, charming. That is the adjective on almost every victim's statements about the person they are with, the psychopath. They're charming. charming. So I stay away from charming. Charming means weasel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a code, code word. Yep. And now let's get into my favorite topic, sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, these people are extremely hypersexed. Uh, the, as I mentioned, the women seem to be, from what I've read, more than the men. Mm -hmm. And by hypersexed, I mean really kinko out there. Uh, I, I'm not putting down people's lifestyles, but bisexual, uh, <coughs> they will do anything that makes them sexually happy and they are extremely bored. So the sex fills that void and they're just out to do anything and anybody. And that is sad. That is very sad because uh, they will never be faithful. They will, you know, this is their life. It's all caused by nature and nurture from what I have read. Uh, the leading scientists, neuroscientists, say that there are certain portions of their brain due to PET scans and the other scans that uh, show that they are missing certain parts in the frontal cortex and the amygdala and, and so forth, that when they look on science is catching up with this, they look and they brain scan them and find out that whoa, this brain is not like a normal brain. And this is where we are in science right now. But, you know, when I divorced my Captain X, I mean, I can't afford to have a brain scan done on him. I mean, they're still doing this right now. I can't get up in court and go, he's a psychopath. I can only say that uh, my ex actually cheated on me the entire 22 years and I became a internet sleuth and have every single document. He was on a website, many websites. In fact, he was even on Craigslist. Um, Jeez. Well, and, and, and I've got a very funny scene in the, well, funny, uh, black humor mm -hmm. that when he came home from a trip and I, we would always catch up on the news and I go, honey, can you believe that they actually men go on, on Craigslist to get prostitutes? And he answered, uh, oh yeah, really? <laughs> and of course, five years later, after he filed for divorce, he filed. Okay. Oh, well, they, let me, okay. Okay. They file. There are three stages with a psychopath. The first is the idealize when they love bomb you, buy you things, treat you like a queen, mirror you, tell you you're wonderful. You can't live without them. They inch their way in their, your life and everything's great. Then they marry you or keep the, uh, the relationship as one-on-one -on -one and promise to be faithful. Then they get bored with you. Then they start to devalue you. By devaluing you, uh, a great example is in my book. When we go out to dinner and, um, you know, I went to the ladies' room, came back, and I talked to the other couple months later when he filed for divorce. And she said, did you know when you went to the ladies' room, he told us you were bipolar? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was... <laughs> I've gone to therapists. I'm not bipolar. I actually had 
three major surgeries in 14 months, a uh, spinal fusion, 360 spinal fusion, a total hip replacement, emergency appendectomy, and uh, he showed no empathy whatsoever, whatsoever. And then he divorced me. And that is the devalue. And I'm sorry, that is the discard when they file for divorce. Goodbye. Well, That's, that and, and you were discarded, uh, Jessica, when he said, I need my space. I need, I need, you know. Every step of the way with them, it's about power and control. Totally. When they start, is it when they start to lose the control? Like, did he divorce you when you started to realize what was going on? Did you yes. call him out on it? Yes. Uh, actually, in my story, I found out about, I see, I was financially deceived too, only $225,000. Thank you. On my credit cards. My what? credit cards. Jeez. Yes. Community property state. Don't get married. Uh, yes, I totally trusted him with the finances. And when I found out how in debt we were, I went absolutely berserk. And then of course, now my mind is crazy. I mean, because I've been with him so long, he's got me right under his thumb. And he sent me the love letter saying, I promise to make this up to you. I don't know how this happened to us, blah, blah, blah. So I kept hanging in there. Mm -hmm. But then two weeks later, I got the divorce papers. And I have a very good uh, chapter on uh, called Computer Shock. And not being a computer whiz, I went into his computer when he was away, and there it was. There was everything. I in, in, the, in our state, by the way, I was allowed to go into his computer because we were networked and it was allowed in our state. So I went in and found out that he was on every single thing possible to procure prostitutes. And uh, I have, he belonged to an, a uh, men's organization for procuring prostitutes locally and internationally. And it was sort of like a Zagat's guide. You oh, would, uh, you those would exist. Jeez. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. This one was taken down. So I mentioned it. So I have no problem with that. Right. But uh, they do exist where you uh, are with uh, Tammy, who has a beautiful dark skin and gorgeous, and yes. you write a re you write a review on Tammy that you were with her and how oh. great she was, and then you get a discount. Wow! They even they even gave discounts to um, the the people in the military. Jeez. God bless them. Yes, honest to God. My other favorite scene is that uh, how to, uh, I write in my book, how he actually avoided, you know, uh, being detected. You know, he had an extra phone, which he told me was for the pilots uh, and the union. so funny. Uh, yeah. Well, when, carrying, um, when carrying he, two phones. When he left me and some odd months later, he starts calling. So he left me and, you know, left me on the ground twitching. I'm left with a baby, not by myself. He's gone, making his own life, another life or whatever you want to call it. And then um, he's in this relationship. And then he starts to come back saying, 
can't I have two ladies in my life? There's, I meant to be with two ladies, soulmates type of thing. Um, and this is what he keeps saying. But then he starts calling me on another phone that nobody ever goes to or uses. And he starts sending me pictures. He starts calling me, trying to coax me to come up to see him. Um, and no one has to know. And me, I'm keeping my mouth shut because I think, well, maybe we're working on it because this was in the beginning. So it took Jessica a while to it, really come to terms with it. It's really up until recently because when you can't get away, they keep coming after you. And I've been going through a lot. And when you're down and then you think you're strong enough, then they remind you that you're not strong enough. And they, no contact ever again. N C E A. Right. And I, However, <laughs> with this child, that's very difficult. That's the hard part. And um, that's the hard part. What do you do? So I I moved away right now. I'm a little, I'm too far for, a, you know, a quick driving trip over because before I lived like a mile away from him. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. Distance is a good Distance thing. is good. And I there think. Are, there are plenty of blogs and uh, websites for psychopath, sociopath, narcissistic survivors. And I highly suggest you get on them. And there are people there with children that you can relate to and you should find them. They're, they're in the back of my book. I mentioned these sites and well, you will get guidance from them. Well, and that, uh, that's a really important thing too, right? Because I mean, if she's been a victim once, if she doesn't learn the things that, uh, a, make her a potential victim, and B, make her gravitate towards those types of people, um, she's maybe as likely to find another one again, right? Absolutely. Which is why I've been single for a few a few years, <laughs> because I don't trust my own judgment. And at the same time, though, I've also gone on many, many dates now, a serial dater. For a little while, I was. Um, and I just... Well, I'm not interested in anybody anymore. Like they totally strip that. I want to be with someone, of course, but I don't want to settle anymore because I have, I have my daughter and she can't learn those habits or anything like that. And so it, it, it makes it okay, difficult. Je Jessica, hmm. this is not your fault. That's this where I think I still am at because I am so emotional. You were talking about that earlier. And my emotions are so heightened that I still come up with, I don't want to cause drama. I don't want to make waves, but I'm the one who's getting screwed over here still while he's having a wife and another child and this, this and that. And, um, and then he came back a week ago and did what he did. And now it's like, shit. <laughs> it is not your fault. You were involved with a psychopath. Forgive yourself. Treat yourself great. Do go out. But keep your guard up on all these people. Let me get to the uh, uh, the checklist. The checklist. Yeah. And actually, Dr. Robert Hare is a leading authority on psychopaths. Dr. Hare started um, his book is called Without Conscience. Um, you know, people say, who would you like to have at your dinner party if you had a choice? Mm -hmm. Dr. Hare could sit at mine. I'd love to have him. He's um, an older man now, and he is, to me, the, the he is 
the best expert in the world. And uh, Dr. Harry has a book that did his book without conscience. You definitely should read. Definitely should read. Uh, he explains all this and in, in very easy terms that you can understand. Mm-hmm. It's not our fault. Four percent of the population is not mentally healthy. And we have to avoid them. And they are the majority are socialized psychopaths. Yes, there are people that are criminals that are psychopaths. But generally, they're people that you and I will meet anywhere. If you think back in your life, just go straight back in your life and think of anyone, an aunt, an uncle, a partner, a worker who always made you feel edgy and weird and you didn't like them, you might have met a psychopath. (laughs) You didn't like them, but at the same time, they're saying, they're all, they're being charming. They make you very confused. Dr. Hare went on to write a book called Snakes in Suits. (laughs) Great title. And this gets into, you know, the psychopaths in business. Uh, What's his name who did all the... uh, Financial fraud, uh, all the Wall Street fraud, those are psychopaths. Uh, there are psychopaths, unfortunately, in religion. I mean, the, the best is uh, Jim Jones, uh, and there's a book on that called The Raven. Uh, spiritual psychopaths, and those are those bad guys. And then we can get into the children. Mm-hmm. A child can't be... Uh, diagnosed as a psychopath until they're 18 years old. Until then, they're fledging psychopaths or uh, they have another terminology for it. But uh, there was a book uh, and a movie called uh, we, Something About Kevin, an uh, absolutely uh, wonderful book. We need to talk about Kevin, I'm sorry. And it was made into a book. And uh, that gets into the you know thing about those kids who are in school shootings. And uh, some of them are psychotic, which is uh, delusional, which can be cured. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing about psychopathy that people don't understand. Psychopaths cannot be cured, ever. Not yet. Is it hereditary? It's both. Well, I don't want to get into, in in my book, I did not go into that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I went to a retreat with 11 women, and one of them had a child that showed signs, which is terribly sad. Yeah. But you, you, you would know if your child is by now. You would know. Okay. Well, uh-huh. if, uh, if it is, in fact, a, a physical brain disorder in that the brain is missing key areas that normal brains have, then the likelihood is, is that it's a genetic disorder. But, but there's a big argument in the community between nurture and nature. And if you have uh, poor nurturing in the beginning and you are predisposed because of genetics, you've got a perfect psychopath. In my case, it's both. Right. Well, the brain has a tremendous ability to rewire itself in mm-hmm. your early years, in your developmental years. So, you know, neuroplasticity. Yeah, I could see that argument being made that if a child born with a psychopathic tendency because of its brain makeup 
if it's raised properly with a lot of nurturing and a lot of care that maybe the brain can rewire itself during those years yes. to avoid the problem. But if you have a, a, a naturally born psychopathic child who's not raised in a healthy environment, healthy environment they're yeah. pretty much predestined to be screwed. Okay, so the list, and this is, I've sort of paraphrased them. Dr. Hare actually uh, copyrighted his, but you can, his list, but you can find it on the web, but paraphrasing them as I did in the book. Number one, lies constantly. Number two, lives off other people's money or success. Having enabling parents is a good example. They're overly charming and smooth. They're extremely grandiose and think highly of themselves. She's laughing. That, that one that one can be separated by itself and it's okay, right? <laughs> Everybody what? gives me grief that I've got an overinflated sense of myself. So. <laughs> yeah, it's the difference between ego and everything they do. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Go on. <laughs> no, I was just going to interject it. David, you are not a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. Okay. But don't take this as an insult. You're not charming enough. Oh, thank <laughs> no, God. He's no, he's definitely not. not. <laughs> definitely not charming. That is not a no. word that anybody ever uses to describe me. That's not a it word. Is, it isn't so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm doing, uh, you know, uh, armchair psychology here and I'm not, I am not a clinician, but I have studied. My problem is I'm brutally honest and that, that gets me into trouble. You just said, no one says you're charming. So I tend to think you're not one. Okay. (laughs) So I'm very happy to be talking to two people who are not psychopaths. This makes my day. I'm starting off with normal people. (laughs) Whatever, just call. We'll help you through it. (laughs) Okay. Here's another one. They're in constant need of stimulation. They often are bored. So let's say, um, you know, you want to go to a horse show and they're like, you know, he, he says, uh, yeah, I'm all up for that. And all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, we're here. Uh, It's okay. Uh No, mine was so bored. I remember the day he came out of his office and he was going on a trip and he said, I'm just a a glorified bus driver in the sky. And I was like, what? You always told me you love flying people. I said, and I'm doing the the perfect wife. And I'm sorry, I was the perfect wife. (laughs) I thought I was. You probably were. Yeah, I, I was. And I remember holding him and saying, honey, you take people on their honeymoons. You take people to the funerals of their mothers and fathers. You take people to make their dreams come true. How can you feel that way about your job? And he just looked at me with this blank, nothing stare and got his his things together, got dressed and left the house. And I thought, He's just like a hollow man. It was scary. Scary. Okay. Is extremely sly and manipulative. Mm-hmm. Shows no remorse. Not even an He's, ounce of remorse? No. I mean, you know, they can they can fake it. Well, like they, they say sorry. 
Yeah. They're, oh, they say they're sorry a billion times. They're empty words. I, I learned There's pretty There's a difference fast. between apologizing and truly oh, feeling apologetic. I know. I um, That's all he would ever say. And eventually I'm just like, stop saying it. You use it like it's going out of style. You don't actually mean it. If you did, you'd stop doing it. And it's a key word that he knows. He doesn't. Now, remember, the words come out of him, but he can't feel it. He yeah. can't feel it in his heart and in his brain. He only knows that word as a word. Yeah. Um, some of the tests that they did on psychopaths, they would put them in these scans and watch their brains and they would show a picture of a kitty cat and beautiful puppies and little girls. And then they flash the rape scene and then they go back to the puppies and then they go back to the whatever. And guess what? Just Their brain change. didn't move at all. Oh. There's a complete it's- lack of ability for empathy. And you can't truly be sorry to somebody unless you can empathize with the hurt you caused them. And obviously he doesn't. He still hasn't learned and still doesn't care because the the other week I'm like, I ha- I always have to push him off of me. And he, this guy is huge. It's like six one six two. It's built like a football player. And I'm five two, um, half of that weight. And you, you could call it rape if you want, but for it is rape when you say no for an hour and he still won't get the hell off of you. And all you want is your kid. Um, that that's where I, I'm struggling because I don't know what to do. Getting a restraining order, then that causes drama, and then all of those things that you just mentioned on the checklist. He's a yes to all of those, but one. We're not finished yet. There's more. Okay, yeah. go on. Uh, what was that? Uh, lacks empathy or mirrors it? Okay, well, I I just have to tell my story after the having those surgeries. I mean, I'm in a body brace for seven months and I have to actually say to my husband, please hold me, please touch me. Yeah. And then he looked at me with a blank stare in his face and he said, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't understand what you want me to do. When you just said it. Yeah. (laughs) I had a miscarriage and we were trying to have a child and he actually told me to flush the damn toilet. Oh. Now, why didn't I wake up on this? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think these are weird quirks that your spouse have has. You just, you haven't put it all together. Don't forget, I thought psychopaths are killers. Yeah. I thought psychopaths are Ted Bundy. That's what I, I didn't thought. know about socialized psychopaths. And that's what I wrote about. I wrote my book to tell people that they could be the guy next door, the man you married, the shoe salesman. I mean, just because he's a pilot, I mean, I use that because that was my case. Mm-hmm. But my situation, my marriage, but a, a, psycho, a socialized psychopath could be anybody. So let's get back to the last uh, list. Uh, lacks empathy or mirrors it. Seldom controls his or her behavior. Uh, is sexually promiscuous. Well, my book is, <laughs> when I was writing it with my editor, I said, do you need any more evidence, any more sex? And she goes, Jesus, no, we've got enough. <laughs> I, have, I have no exaggeration, a foot and a half of binders on 
every woman that I could find that he actually posted on the internet of how good she was. Oh, gross. Three ways and kinky and whatever. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm, uh, I lived in New York city. I'm a pretty liberal chick. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you want me to wear a Mickey mouse suit tonight, okay. You know, that makes you happy. I love you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's not normal with them because they go from kink to kinkola to heavy duty kink. And mine had a secret life with the kink and well, it's, heavy not, duty. It, it's not so much the kink as it is the control, the control, it's controlling that situation constantly. That's, that's yeah. why they like prostitutes so much because they're they paying control. for it and it's totally their control and it's. Okay. Here's another one. Lacks positive goals. I mean, mine had no goal whatsoever. Sure, he was a magnificent pilot, and uh, that's a control job. Yeah. I, I mean, when you get in his airplane, you better kowtow to him. Right. And, uh, you know, that's why they go into different professions, such as uh, financial uh, attorneys. Somebody wrote a a list of the biggest professions mm -hmm. and uh, most professions that psychopaths are in. I agree with some of it. I disagree with others, but politics is definitely one of them. Uh, religious, unfortunately, mm -hmm. I'm so sorry about that. Um, uh, attorneys. Because <laughs> they all get to be in control. Control freaks. Yeah. And, and also, the, I mean, this control can be the woman in your book club. I mean, in, in, Middle-class America, where the woman is going to a book club and, you know, women get into these little bitchy things. Well, it's like the woman who's causing that might be one of them. <laughs> okay. Is impulsive. I know. I think I'm going to do this, you know, and just run off. Impulsive also. Mine love to speed down the highway uh, and get into uh, rage. Uh, auto rage, you know, when he's on the expressways, speeding a hundred and some miles an hour. And of course I was so screwed up by then I was actually enjoying it because it was the only thing we seemed to do together. <sighs> it, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, is irresponsible, uh, you know, totally irresponsible, uh, paying bills, uh, you know, you end out for foreclosing on your house and you don't know why, and of course, I let him handle the money. Never again. Right. Stay in control. Yeah. Does not accept responsibility for personal problems. May have brief personal relationships. Well, mine didn't. Uh, exhibits. Now, this is one I didn't have. Exhibits early childhood behavioral problems. Now, Dr. Hare writes that a lot of psychopaths are the type, go back to our childhood. Remember the kid who used to strike matches at the end of a cat's tail? Uh -huh. Boy, that kid's in trouble. Uh, was a juvenile delinquent. Now, these childhood things, I have no information on his childhood. I couldn't get it from his family. I have no idea, so. Yeah. Um, has Plus, they'd be in denial anyway. Why would they help? parents thing. I didn't do it. Someone else did it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then has criminal involvement and repeats criminal behavior after release. Well, 
You know, mine wasn't a criminal. Well, uh, technically he was because I don't think prostitution was allowed in our state. And but it doesn't matter. You know, these this is a basic list. Dr. Hare has uh, his set list. And and he says that to really uh, diagnose someone as a psychopath, you have to have a special person who is staying with them and go through certain tests. But, you know, I got my aha moment after reading his book and another book by a victim. And reading is the answer. Uh, and also being on the internet under those different sites that I mentioned in the back. Mm -hmm. And you can find people who are just like you. We're not alone. And um, you will feel warm and fuzzy that, oh my God, I'm not the only one who's gone through this. But they are socialized psychopaths, sometimes called functioning psychopaths. And some people call them sociopaths, but psychopaths is the more common term for them. The American Psychiatric Association, unfortunately, hasn't got their stuff together. And Dr. Robert Hare, uh, being a Canadian, is little put off by them. And so the entire world really hasn't gotten together about it. But uh, basically, they are psychopaths. And on the internet, we call them peas, spats, narcissists, narcs, mm -hmm. which sounds like narcotics, but narcs. And that's what they are, bad people, to avoid. What, what drove you to write a book? I knew the second I got the evidence of him having a secret life, there is no way I ever thought he would ever cheat on me with one woman, let alone a thousand. And, and he didn't catch anything. <laughs> wow. Well, let's, let's just put it this way. And I can finally say it without tears mm -hmm. being 60 years old and having two HIV tests Mm. Is is just and married twenty two years is emotionally mind boggling, and no, I didn't get anything. Okay. And uh, Thank yeah, goodness. oh my God, it's that was so. When I found out about all the sex, I thought he was a sex addict, and most women think their men are sex addicts. And yes, there are sex addicts who aren't psychopaths, but. A lot of sex addicts are psychopaths because sexuality is really a big component in psychopathy. Um, and then I thought he was, then I had to go to, he alienated me from my child. So I had to go through support groups on that. And that was crazy. And I kept reading and I, I keep saying in my book, what kind of man is this? Who did I marry? What? And then one day I was reading a book by uh, Barbara Bentley, who's a California lady, and uh, she actually was married to a psychopath. And her book was clear, crystal clear, that not all psychopaths are criminals. And then she led me on to Dr. Hare's book. And I'm absolutely positive I would put my daughter's life on it, that I was married to a psychopath. And a psychopath, alienator, and... I have no contact ever again. Um, they are extremely litigious. They will never leave you alone, even if they go to the next woman and the next woman and the next woman. So then or, do they go back to all of those past women? 
just you'll just get an one. E- you, it, all of them depends on how they feel. Yeah. I may get an email today saying, "Hey, you know, I, you just don't know," but I will never answer it. Good. I moved as far away as I could from him. Are you happy? Yes. I I am proud of my book mm-hmm. because I feel I've there's many ways to recover and writing a book and telling your story and hoping that it helps someone I, if mm-hmm. I can help one person I've done my job. Barbara Bentley helped me and uh, I hate to tell her I bought it in a used bookstore. <laughs> I was <laughs> I I mean, I was the psychopath took all my money. He ruined us financially. I was driving a Lexus. And then the next week I was riding a bicycle at 60. Jeez. Yes. But I am here. Writing is is the most therapeutic thing because you're opening every single wound and writing about it. And I think I started a, a blog called Be Extraordinary Every Day and those are my intentions to share my experiences. So maybe I could help someone, you know, know that they're not the only one. But the one thing that I haven't really been able to write about yet is him in detail because I just know what it's going to open up. And I don't want to cry that much because it just makes me angry again that someone has so much control over that part of me and I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, but I think that anger... Jessica is there because yeah. not acting, because I haven't dealt with not it. acting and not standing up for what you deserve in your own life yeah. is giving him all that power. And I, and o- over the years and especially in the last year, I've, I go back and forth. Like I'm really strong and, and I'm constantly working on myself to be that person that I want to be. But there's always those moments where you slip back and you stay depressed for a little bit and then you come out of it and it's just a, it's a yo-yo constantly dealing with it because you're, I'm just an emotional person. I just don't get how people can treat people like that and then continue to do it. Yeah. Well, you're like me. You felt that there's good in every person, but you have to get it in your head that there is not good in every person. 96% of the people we can hang with. Four <laughs> percent we can't. Boy, my dad yes. always. Yeah, that's that's a huge percent, though. It yeah. really is. And when you think how that four percent affects their family, friends, and everyone around, no wonder everyone's a little bit wacko. It's 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 very very sad. Psychopathy is really totally uh, one of the most misunderstood mental illnesses there is and there's no treatment and if there's no treatment the only thing we could do is bring about psychopath awareness and this is really important and i wonder why david didn't become a psychologist you're so good (laughs) Uh, you just made his head bigger (laughs) it it is something that uh, i had contemplated for a number of years Um, did you really well i went through a lot of therapy myself growing up and um my uncle is a therapist and he's one of the craziest persons i know um but uh i don't know i like i like entertaining my artistic nature more than 
than than that side of it. So I like I like going and doing the crazy artistic thing and struggling to do that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I'm artistic also. Uh, uh, one of the things that's happening right now that I really get upset about is um, there are many books, of course, coming out on psychopathy. And uh, Dr. Kevin Dutton is uh, from an Oxford psychologist. And the title of one of his books is The Wisdom of Psychopaths. And then he wrote another one recently with someone else called The Good Psychopath's Guide to Success. Now, (laughs) you know, these publishers are writing these books and they've wonderful titles, sell a million, the title sells. But the problem is it's giving us a very, very... um, mixed look at these people there's nothing good about a psychopath there's there's nothing good and i I lost a friend of mine to a psychopath who switched over to the criminal nature after many many years of being a socialized one um just a few years back and uh you know my my advice to jessica always is she should never be in any sort of alone situation with her ex. Well, for a, a while there, because I went to his mom and, you know, I'm telling her, you know, the week he proposed to his wife, he tried having sex with me like four days prior. And I am telling her these things and, um, forgot where I was going with that. Oh, but she's like, okay, I, I won't, I'll make sure that I'm always with him. So that lasted for three or four months. And then all of a sudden he was by himself and then for, but now his wife um, seems to normally be the one that I deal with, uh, even though I don't like it. Uh, I don't like her because I also think she might be a little nutty. Um, and so someone sometimes is with him most of the time now. And I don't talk to him, I don't tell him anything about me. And then about a week ago, he's like, We need to talk. I don't know anything about you. You just come and pick up our daughter and then you leave. I'm like, yeah, cause you don't need to know anything about me. What, what good does that do? It does nothing. It just gives you fuel to be a jerk. You need to keep contact at it. A minimal. minimal. Yeah. Because, because I can't completely delete him out of my life yet. That's How all old that is your child. She's only, she'll be four in November. Okay. We still have a ways in, to go. <laughs> stay in the present with her. Try not to mention daddy and stay in the present with her. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Make your time together important. Take lots of photographs. Do. He's going to come in there and try and grab her away someday, I'm afraid. And He's already tried did. a couple times. I'm oh, like, God, why? I'm like, why would I give up? Why would I give you my daughter? Are you ridiculous? And now he's going to have another child. So I know it's going to happen again because they you know, want to be a family and only get to see. Oh, I said her name. I didn't want to do that. I'll edit it out. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, only see her uh, so much, you know, they want, I know they're going to want her more and they've already tried a few times. I'm like, no, no. Be very careful because I truly believe, and this is in the last couple of weeks when I've been on social media and had a crash course that there is such a correlation between psychopathic uh, individuals and child parental. Well, actually, it's called parental alienation syndrome, PAS. 
And these psychopaths use the children as pawns. And and they well, might... Yeah, he, he used her. He uses her, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she comes back and says, Daddy says you are a bitch, which little girls I've heard stories of. Yeah. You know, you have to say, well, let's not talk about Daddy. Let's go do something else. Because yeah, Daddy's you not a healthy person. No. Well, he... Here's the thing. Jessica and I were talking about it about a week ago about the not being alone with him. And she says, well, I I need to get my kid. I said, well, you should meet him in some public place. Yeah, but if I do that, then I got to wait an hour because he never shows up on time. That is part of controlling you to get you into private situations with him. You can't do that. You cannot allow him to do that to you. If you have to wait an hour for your daughter, wait an hour for your daughter. Don't be alone with that man. I totally agree. He sounds dangerous. And by dangerous, I mean, this could escalate, Jessica. And I just want to prevent you from going through any alienation thing. Who knows if he's going to get on a thing and say, Jessica uses drugs or she drinks white wine all night and it's not good for our child. And I've got proof of this. And, you know, they can do anything to make you the bad parent mm-hmm. and psychopaths don't really care about the kids. Yeah. He doesn't, uh, in my opinion, uh, yeah, he doesn't know. What he <laughs> doesn't really care about your child. He cares about getting back at you for everything he's done. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's even getting back at her. I think he's still just exerting control over her. It is. I don't think he's at a point yet where he's trying to get back at her about anything. Because when I kicked him out of the house, he stayed away for a while. Because for a good year, last year, I was in a really good place, you know, mentally and physically. And then just until recently, I lost myself again. And then he came back. And I knew it was going to happen because he always does when I'm down. He's a shark circling in the water. You yeah. can tell when you're injured. Yeah. So I knew he was going to come back, and lo and behold, he did. Yeah, but he came back because you allowed him to, and I did. you had a little relapse. I Yeah, and so the relapse happened, uh, and then after the fact, I'm like swearing to myself. I'm like, really, Jessica? You knew. You knew, and you did it anyway. You, f- I fell for it, and I knew I was doing it. So I totally I agree with David saying meet in a place and if he doesn't show up you can document all this in case something happens mm-hmm. in the future document everything. Now we're not in the court system there's no child support nothing like doesn't that. Doesn't matter start documenting all of your interactions with him because yeah. at some point you will be. Yeah. Thank you David. Uh, I get I get I get so much flack from everyone take him to court take him to court I'm like don't I want to. I don't know when I'm going to be ready to do that because people don't understand the the psyche behind it all. He, it was, you know, I've known him since 2008. And even though I'm not with him, he's still doing his whatever, his little snaky ways. And it, it takes a long time because he broke you down so bad that I, I even, I honestly, I tried committing suicide. I did. He got me that far down. And I that confused, you. and I tried. And then he used that also to leave me. 
And it's just and like, that, but you did it. What, you broke me down to that point. And I brought up all of the facts. He doesn't we, matter. He's yeah, not I, empathetic. I know he doesn't care, but I do care. So I talk about it and I fall for it. And we, um, it's just one of those things. It's just, it's so bad. I don't have those thoughts anymore. My, um, I know I was definitely meant to live because I tried and I was either already pregnant or I had just become pregnant. And because of her, I, I'll never do that again. So she literally saved my life because I would have tried again. So it's just, it's crazy. Okay, two quotes from my book I want you to listen to. After the experience of being with a psychopath, in a psychopath relationship, I followed the advice of Thomas Sheridan, author of Publishing Pe uh, Puzzling People, The Labyrinth of the Psychopath. Quote, stop thinking of yourself as a victim. You were a target that is no longer being hit. Also, Sarah St uh, Strudwick, she's the author of Dark Souls, Healing and Recovering from a Toxic Relationship, says it best. The super facade they portray to suck you into their game falls away and you're left with a cardboard cutout without any substance whatsoever. <laughs> Just think of him as somebody who's a cardboard cutout like those ones in 7-Eleven, you know, holding Coke bottles. And there's nothing behind it. Yeah. There's no heart. There's no soul. He always would tell me his heart was cold and black. <laughs> He's correct. <laughs> he is. No, you, you definitely got to document everything because, I, you know, I'm worried about your future and your child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in my case, you know, now my daughter's an adult and. Um, How is she? Okay, well, parental alienation uh, syndrome, I didn't find help in the States. And now that I'm on the Internet, it's mind-boggling how many people, men and women, are going through this due to a person who I believe has an antisocial personality disorder. That's what they clump narcissistic psych psychopaths under. And... Uh, she is, I sent her, of course, she's older. And when she left, she was 17. I had to beg to go to her high school uh, graduation. Wow. Beg. I mean, I never dreamed. But how is it going now? I actually hired a parental alienation expert and did that via Skype mm -hmm. and got great advice. And I sent her an email once a week. And I will do that the rest of my life. And yeah. I got to see her two weeks ago and uh, we stay in the present. She is okay. now 22 and she is getting it. She knows something's not right there with him. So eventually they, they get it. And that's what I, I keep holding on to is I'm, I'm constantly in the present with her and I love her and I spend every moment that I have with her and, um, you just, I just keep being myself and eventually that will prevail. But right now it's also tough. And I know it's also because of her age, but for the first time, all she wants is her dad. And yeah, that is the hardest. That was my problem. That's the hardest thing. And I'm like, you've never been like this. And we had. Little girls want their dad. I know, but it's just one of those things. And they both went through that. It's just one of those things where 
you haven't said this for three and a half years, and now all of a sudden, well, she couldn't talk for like yeah, but for she started talking around two, so for like a year and a half, but she's now it's tough. And then when she, I know she doesn't mean it, but telling me she doesn't like me and all of these things, and it's just like. Oh. He's feeding her that. He's feeding well, her here's that. here's the really effed up thing. They call the wife mommy. And I, since before they were even, when they were just dating. And I'm like, you need to stop that. I am her mother. I am in her life. They're like, well, I'm going to be marrying her. I'm like, do I call my boyfriend daddy? No. It is up to my daughter if she chooses to call that woman her mother one day. But for now, that's not her name. I've had step parents. I never called them that because they weren't, in my heart, my parent. They weren't my mother. They weren't my father because um, I've had step parents on both sides. And they still continue to. They call me Mommy Jessica over there. And I've gone to him. I've gone to all of them and they're like, well, what do you expect us to do? And they won't stop it. It's one of those things where no matter how many times you fight for it and stand up for yourself, you can't be crazy. They're going to do it regardless of what you say about it. And that sucks. What do you call the other woman to your daughter? I call her by her name. Her name is. So I correct her all the time. I go, do you mean. I, or I just say, I always call her by her name. I yeah, let her a lot of names to edit out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I let her know that that's not her mother. That's her stepmother. I explained to her the difference between the two. Um, I do because I mean, she is her stepmom. There's no denying that, but that's not her mommy. And so sometimes she goes back and forth, like right when her father picks her up or even her stepmom, she'll be like, I only have one mommy that's this. And then she'll point to me. Um, but now she's in the the phase of, I think she just does it to, because she knows it bothers me. She, when she gets picked up, she goes, where's mommy? And then, well, she is in that testing. She's told, and I know that's what she's doing. She knows that she's been hurting my feelings a lot lately. Yes. But you have to remember that she's She's hurting. She's hurting. And she's hurting in this situation. Yeah, she's a kid with broken homes. So. And, and I know she doesn't know any different, but it doesn't matter. She And I can see the pain she wants both of us. She always asks if we can do things together. She's like, I want to see you and Daddy dancing together. Can you guys do this and that together? And it's like, a, what do you say? Because when they're older, you can say a lot more, but what Just do you say, say no. now? Yeah. Hey, Jessica, this is where you write the book on teaching little children that you that that your daughter came out of your body, so that makes you the bona fide mommy. Yeah. And that daddy and mommy at one time loved each other, but love sometimes changes. Mm-hmm. And that we have this type of relationship and just make every second with her in the now and happy and no reference to them. Oh yeah. Still be a parent too, though. Don't don't shy away from from discipline. Oh, I definitely won't. Because that is a danger. A lot of single parents who are terrified of and that's losing their child's yeah. uh, love is they well, become enabling parents. Well, that's what I so. I'm from a broken family too. My parents divorced when I was five. My mom became my friend more so than my mother. Um, 
And I called her out on that when I was, I think, 16. I'm like, why didn't you ever ground me? And then she tried to at that point. I'm like, you can't now. And uh, so I make darn sure that I am a parent first with my kid. Good. Good. Because that's what I wish I had. Because. But getting back to the whole thing, I do believe you are with somebody who has psychopathic tendencies or definitely an antisocial personality disorder. And you are the one that has to, it's, it's, it's you, you need to get the best help you can. And I write in my book, how difficult that is. I mean, I've been to therapist and therapist and they look at me and went, um, would you like some Kleenex? And uh, our time is up and I can see you in three weeks. And I'm suicidal. And <laughs> I went to help. <laughs> and I may not be alive in three weeks. Right. Uh, I entered uh, myself into a crisis house because I knew I needed to be in the present when my daughter came. So when my daughter was just a month old, I went in. And within six out of the 13 days I could have been there, I I knew exactly what. I wanted to live and that my daughter was amazing. You have to keep learning about the situation, reading about the situation, making yourself a better person, uh, date or not date, but be her mommy and realize that unfortunately you're in a relationship with somebody with this anti-personality disorder. And as soon as your child is 18, good God, never see him again. Yes. No contact ever again. And your daughter will be in school. Yeah, I know. 15 more, 14, 15 more years. I'm so excited. I've been counting. But you you need to embrace the honesty of the situation you're in. Yes. So that you can take the steps to appropriately approach and deal with the situation in the now. Well, one thing, I mean, I never knew he was a psychopath. I, I, like you said, I always thought they were killers and that was it. We all thought that. Yeah. I mean, I'm an intelligent woman. You're an intelligent woman. I'm, by the way, psychopaths go for very strong women. And I, I was, and then he broke me down. Yeah. Real good. They find the chink in the armor and they just keep attacking it. And you don't notice it until it's too late. And then you start to call them on it and then they leave you all screwed up. They're experts. They are Academy Award winning actors. Now, do psychopaths know they are a psychopath? Yes. uh, uh, According to what I've read, they know what they are. They just don't give a damn. (laughs) They know. They're they're incapable of giving a damn. Pardon? They're incapable of giving a damn. Exactly. They just don't care. It's, you know, it's, and and again, talk therapy doesn't work for them. Uh, Nothing works for them. In fact, when they're in talk therapy, they learn how to manipulate people even further. So... Now he's, and now he's married, screwing up another girl. I, who knows how long they'll be married for? Well, could be 22 years. Could be 22 years. <laughs> they all go on from one to another to another. 
And that's how they are. And we, as as empathets, uh, women filled with empathy, we feel for the other woman, but we have to ignore them because the most important person in the world is you. And you can't take care of your child unless you are healthy. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I've done all the things I've done thus far since she's been in this world. So you were a victim who refuses to be a victim any longer, I hope. I don't know. I just want to be happy. That's all I want. We all do. And and it's a very sad thing to really think. I mean, when I (coughs) got in this to realize I mean, I was overjoyed when I put my puzzle together and said, he's a psychopath. I mean, oh, my God, what kind of man alienates you from your child, cheats with you your entire life with prostitutes, and then actually sits down and says to people, my wife is great. But he only said that when he was with other people, in front of other people. It was a show. Most of that list, you that was him. There's a few things that he wasn't. but. well, Definitely in, most in of them. <laughs> Robert Hare's test is on the internet. I, uh, because of legal reasons, I had to paraphrase it, but you can find it, and it actually gauges, you know, how many points, and you've got somebody who is mine came out bona fide psychopath. Yeah, I'm gonna look for the list and uh, see how many points that I'm gonna. Thanks, you. I now know what to do on my Wednesday. Yeah. Having gone through. The experience of my of my one friend's wife um, uh, being removed from our our life um, a few years ago by her psychopathic ex husband. Um, I am terrified for you, Jessica. I know you bring it up a lot. Yeah, because and then I, I ignore see, it because I just don't want to hear it. Because I, I know. see so many parallels to what you're going through and how you, how. The relationship is evolving to what I saw happening with my other friend. Yeah. You've got to get control of it. It takes time. Like, it's one of those things where it takes time. I'm aware. I understand. I've been working on it. And that's why I think I get frustrated and just stop talking about it because people don't understand the process of it all. There is a retreat, one of the only retreats given by Sandra Brown, who wrote, um, God, what is, Sandra Brown is a, there are many Sandra Browns, and uh, <laughs> she she wrote a book, I'll send you it, uh, send you a link to it, and she has a website, and she gives a retreat, which I would break pretty well on that, and uh, there you sit there with, uh people, professionals, and other victims. And uh, in my group, one woman came out saying she still wasn't sure. And the rest of us all went, positive. (sighs) We're positive. Absolutely. (sighs) Absolutely. And by the way, after all this, depending on how heavy duty your case is, my case obviously was one of the most. Yeah, extreme. We get the added pleasure of having post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. So we get triggers constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, if I hear a certain song, I go, I mean, a freeze. Or even a song, a smell, just 
certain food, things. You're like, Whoa. food. Yeah. He loved green beans. <laughs> he would love to do the cooking. And so um, I let him cook. So one day I came in the kitchen and I said, why don't you teach me how to make the rack of lamb the way you do? Oh, no, no, no. The kitchen's my domain. And this is one of the last parts of the puzzle I couldn't get. And I finally read about it in Thomas Sheridan's book about psychopaths and cooking. And uh, to quote, and I quote him in my book, my ex loved to cook. And that was just confusing to me. How can somebody who loves to cook be a bad person? And Sheridan says, one skill that some psychopaths have learned to capitalize in is on their ability to cook. This is not out of any joy derived from culinary pursuits. They are only too well aware that people nearly always trust someone who feeds them. It's a primal response to us, um, in all of us, to nurture and nourish. The psychopath can also produce elaborate meals and dinner parties and keep their guests up on all, up all night uh, uh, with feeding them. However, the windbag nature of the psychopath constantly praising themselves can make most of the impressive culinary presentation distasteful after a while. So we had these dinner parties and he would, you know, rack of lamb and whatever, but we were never invited back to others. <laughs> you know what? And I used to think, oh, maybe they didn't like me. Maybe it's because I didn't belong to the same church. But the mm -hmm. truth of the matter is, it was him. Yeah. It was him. And, and another, there's so many red flags in the beginning, like not a single person on my side liked him, including my mother. Should Oh, my mom doesn't like him. To me, that wasn't a red flag and it should have been. Nobody liked him. And then uh, that's, that's Sandra Brown's book. She has many books, the red flags. Yeah. Psychopathy. Or, and I, and yeah. I've, I've been in three serious relationships. He was the second. All of them were bad. And, you know, that's why I've taken time to be by myself because you can't be with someone else unless you're happy yourself and stable. And I mean, I'm, I'm trust, trusting my judgment more these days. I still go on dates and I still want to be in a relationship. Um, but it's just now it's going to take a while to find that person that makes sense. And is there true love? I, I don't. I don't know if I really believe that anymore, but I do believe in loving someone. That's I not do gone. believe in it. I, after all I went through, I, I've been asked that before in, re, in um, interviews. Do I believe in love? And yes, I do. I still Just, believe in love. I, and, I, and my heart swells and I can't of happiness knowing that I will meet somebody. It's just not right now. Who knows when it is, but it will be. And I truly believe I will find that person. And I, I for a while, couldn't watch the romance movies, but I can again. And um, there's still hope, and I'm, I'm looking very forward to it. Just avoid the 96% and learn the red flags. Learn Harris checklist. Learn about other women in your situation with yeah. children and document, 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 because I do fear and I gather David does also that there might be something coming up in the future and you don't want to lose your child. No. At the very least, 
her daughter's going to be starting school in a couple of years and their current uh, sharing arrangement is going to be very complicated. It's going to change. It's going to have to change. So she's, she's facing changes in, in the next year to year and a half. Mm-hmm. So like, like I said, document, document everything. Yeah. Because your, your, ba- your battle is I coming. I could have had a Bible thick yeah. of... But your battle is coming whether you're ready for it or not. Yeah. You're right, David. And it's just a shame that I gave up. I mean, I could still go back and document the things I remember. Do it. Give like a, an mm-hmm. estimate yeah, time. Absolutely do it. And then from here out, everything's documented by the day, you know, by the hour if you're waiting him to deliver her i mean all, all the things that happen from here out you need to write down yeah in full detail so do you do you think i mean we're on this podcast mm-hmm. do people actually realize that they that they may be involved with a psychopath i mean doubtful people are oh. so wrapped up in well i have another friend she's a friend of my sister's actually but um, she has gone from one, she's, she's like a psychopath about. magnet. Yeah. But she's not and learning. When she's in with them. She makes every excuse in the world for their behavior. No, and it, it's always her fault. Not, not theirs. And well, one thing I've learned is it isn't my fault. If they're going to be a douche, then they can go away. Like I won't tolerate that stuff anymore. It's funny. I tolerate it from him because I was making the excuse that I have to, because I have a kid with him. But I don't. I don't tolerate it with anybody else. Why do I need to tolerate it from him? And it was just and, me trying to. And in the end, you're going to be teaching lessons to your daughter in how you handle this. Situation. Right, which is what I've been striving for. That's the big step. That's the last step is that part. You have to really, really learn about the topic of psychopathy. I will. You really do. I'm going to be on a set later today till 3 a.m. I have a lot of. Things I can read now in the downtime. Well, I hope you read my book. Yeah. I'm going to. We got Mrs. X books. I might. I'm gonna need to get a hard copy though. I can't ever read books online. I always have to have the physical. So well, I'm gonna go I'm a, probably buy it. <laughs> I am a Kindle nut, but I've got everything. I've got both of them, and I have actually read about thirty memoirs. And of course, to write a memoir. You're uh, on a psychopath. They either have to be incarcerated or dead. So I had to get around that. So that's I did a, a damn good job of doing that, and I'm yeah. very proud of it. I was gonna and, say, very. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know you till this moment, but I'm very proud that you wrote this book and you you are where you are today. Thank you so much. I, if I can just help one person, and maybe it's you. I have done my job. Yeah, maybe it's me and whoever maybe might be it's listening. you. But I would like to help the people listening too. And I want them to know that if they are sitting there with someone who keeps it, it, it feeling on edge, if they're feeling on edge and they're walking on eggshells, you shouldn't be in a relationship where you're walking on eggshells. That is not normal. But, you know, because mine kept going in and out of my life because of his job. Yeah. I I had normalcy going back and forth at at certain points, which which is even harder because later on I'd go, it was good sometimes. 
Yeah, right. It has been sometimes. <laughs> Financial abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse, yeah. child alienation. Yes. Oh, yeah, I made I made apologies in the beginning for when he grabbed my, grabbed my hand and, and the black and blue marks. And I made apologies for when he punched me in the jaw. Oh, he didn't mean it. He was just stressed because his parents are visiting. Mm -hmm. This isn't normal. No. But that's how crazy we get. It, 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 and it's insane how much they break you down. I, oh, wow. Because before I had met him, I was in a five-year unhealthy relationship. I stayed in it because I was scared to leave. Not because he was physical or anything, but he was also mentally abusive. Um and then I finally left, and then I think I was alone. I was single for maybe seven or eight months, and I met this guy at a concert at a bar, and I saw those eyes from across the room, and he's like, I've been eyeing you the whole time. And then the whole soulmate thing came into par, and then and a, I think it was a week or two later, he told me he loved me and wanted to marry me, and it just... Mm, Got to get in there. Yeah. Very important. When a relationship is going faster than the speed of sound. Yeah, I was like, stop. Red flag. What are you red doing? Flag. Stop. Yeah. And I red actually pushed flag. him away and then he came back and I'm like, oh, I guess I should just give it a shot. You know, if you have a relative who goes, I've met him last week. We're getting married in two months. Oh, oh, God, no, don't, 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 don't. They that's move. just not normal. Well, you know, but then again, that word soulmate. And at my it age, you. it's sort of like, oh, the clock's ticking. It, it, no. It, it's the fallout of Hollywood's ridiculous speed romance in film. Yes. The buildup of a Prince Charming that every girl deserves to have. Yeah. And it's going to come in and sweep you off your feet. Um, it's, it's expectations that have been set up that I think have led to wildly crazy. It's true. Completely true. Courtships. I, I remember one time my brother was telling him about all this stuff. Uh, cause it goes even further than just what we've talked about. Um, that led me to where I was, but my brother's like, Jessica, I'm really sorry to say this, but you're not that special. Nobody is. And I'm like, I was pissed. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, no one's that special, though. It takes time. Mm -hmm. And um, and he's right, I think. I am I'll special. I am very special. And I'm a very unique and one-of-a-kind person. But not in this, not in this uh, aspect. How long were you with him before you got uh, living together? We never lived. Well, he used me. He was always at my place. So that's one of those little notches. He used my money eventually, and I didn't have much of it. I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. But he, you know, lived up on the ranch with his mom. So um, he had to get away. He was miserable and blah, blah, blah. So he was always at, he was my live-in boyfriend. Again, I'm not a professional, but I'm quite well read on the topic. You must think, Jessica, that... His family might be enablers and also might have the same pathology. Oh, yep. I have friends who think they are, but I definitely 
without a doubt, say enable, definitely, because they're always doing it. And even when I would go to them, um, there's always excuses. And I'm like, I know he's your kid and all, but if someone commits murder, why would you still stand by them? People do. But people do. It's just, it's one of those things. And my mother and Charles Manson's getting married. Yeah, I saw that. Yes, She's I, pretty. I, wrote, I, I saw I wrote that. Up, oh, dear God, how hard up is she? And please don't have babies. All right. <laughs> uh-huh. Probably already a, one on the way. <laughs> but this woman has no self-esteem. Oh. I mean, you and I, Jessica, have uh, our self-esteem has been low, but this woman has absolutely no self-esteem. Yeah. And I... I I can't feel for these other people because, yes, I am still healing. I'll be healing the rest of, of my life. life. Yes. But it, it but, doesn't stop you from living either. No. And that's and, what, what I hope people understand is I'm s- not stopping. I'm, I'm not broken. I'm, you know, I'm working on it. I'm not broken. I'm not naive. I'm not stupid. I, I'm sm- very smart. So I don't want the the men to be like oh i just want to fix you and love you and you know fix you i'm like i don't need fixing like you could stay away i don't want that relationship at all and i've and i've gotten them let me just take care of you i know you 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 deserve to be happy you deserve to be taken care of i agree i do but i'm still I'm not sure, going to settle i'm sure some of those offers were from they're from a good place, of course. And no, I'm saying some of someone might be psychopaths or more psychopaths. <laughs> yeah, oh, possibly. Um, but I'm wise enough to say no, and strong. I should say strong enough to say no. I know what I deserve now, which and is you, why I've been single for the short time I have been two and a half and years. You <laughs> must educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there are bad people indeed, there no are. matter how we were raised and um, not to get into religion, but yeah. you can pray and pray and pray for these people. No, there are bad people among us. And, that's, and yeah. just avoid them. We can't live in fear. No. Just learn the red flags. Keep them at an arm's length or completely get rid of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, Shark Shark Week is on up here, right? So all the shark shows are on. And somebody was saying they don't believe that there are necessarily bad sharks, just people who put themselves in bad situations with sharks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I, I kind of take that same viewpoint. Don't put yourself in the bad situation with the shark in your life. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just, you know, want to say that it it was very difficult to write this book. Mm-hmm. And The Secret Life of Captain X, My Life with the Psychopath Pilot is truly a story to a memoir, but it actually helps, I hope other people to realize that, oh my God, this really happened and it could happen (laughs) to anyone, male, female, whatever. And the 30 memoirs I read, which were written good, bad, and different, uh, some fantastic, um, tell the same story in a different way. Like your story is different than mine, but then it gets back to the same thing. They use you, they abuse you, 
They idolize you in the beginning, devaluate you, and eventually discard you. Then later on, they come back after they've started their whole new life to maybe tweak you. This gets into uh, victims' crime victim statements at the end of court, you know, where you sit up there and you go, you killed my daughter, you, you know, raped my sister, and you've ruined our lives. Do you know that a psychopath is sitting there and he's getting his jollies off listening to that? Uh, Thomas Sheridan says in his book that a victim statements should be taken out of the system because it only these people get high on this. Mm -hmm. They're seeing you go mad. They like to hear you in pain. Yeah, it's all about control and you're just you're just feeding the beast. Yeah. You're feeding the beast. Yep. Yep. Thank you. What a topic, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I just woke up and now I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, we we were having trouble uh waking up when we started chatting with you and it's been an hour and forty minutes now. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Most of our podcasts run from thirty to forty five minutes. Yeah. So thank you. That's well, thank great. you very much. You well, this is this is a topic that I think we this really is a, it's to, a good topic, to explore, though. So it really is, and and not enough has is there, out there. Exactly, there. I think it's hard to talk about. People put it under the rug, you know, because it's not real. If you ignore it, it's not real. Right, it doesn't exist. So, but it does. Yeah, yep. it happened to me, and I can smile now and tell you that. There is life after a psychopath, and I've got my. I recognize the flags. I just had one last week. Uh, it's a story in itself, and and I just, I recognized it and showed him the door. So you notice pretty quick. <laughs> Faster, it happens more and more that I notice it. Unfortunately. They do gravitate. You know, I can't ever sit at a bar and feel, you know, look a little lonely or whatever. Yeah. I've got a spot of security and strength and they will stay away from you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I I socialize a lot. I'm a social butterfly. I go to bars by myself because I'm not going to stay at home and not do anything because everyone's busy. So I go out. I do things. And most of the time, actually, pretty much all the time guys don't ever approach me <laughs> and it's not be- and i and i'm talking to everybody but they don't ever try and take it further and i uh, think i Jessica, put off those stay away from social media stay away from dating websites right now oh i'm on uh, <laughs> Oh my God! They troll dating websites. Well, there are case, cases on J J date and uh, well, my ex was actually dating his future wife on one of the major ones while he was married to me. Uh, so they don't check the websites. Don't check. Right. And so uh, you know it can happen to anyone. So you've really, really got to be careful. Yeah, I've um I went on enough dates and now I, I I might be on the sites but I don't really meet anybody and I can tell pretty fast now that I want nothing to do with them, even when they just say hi. It's all about that first line and the words that they choose to use, like hi beautiful, I'm not gonna fucking talk to you. <laughs> that is so re- lame. 
hi, beautiful. Yeah, I am beautiful, but you say that to everybody. You can go away. Uh, dating sites. There's hope for us. Yeah, I'm a little wiser. <laughs> uh, Mrs. X, where where can we find your book? Is it it's at Amazon? Amazon.com, and uh, it's at leading bookstores, and also Barnes Noble. And I'm doing great with reviews. Good. And really. And, uh, of course, you know, these days we don't make a mint, but I'm just happy to get the word out. I really am to spread psychopath awareness, which is vital. And everybody knows someone who is one. Trust me. That 4% is pretty sure my mom was with a couple, too. Well, I I applaud you for finding the strength to to stand up and put this out there um, because I do believe in open dialogue being the direction to healing. Yeah. And, uh, and I think the more people stand up and say, Hey, this happened to me. Um, it could be happening to you. I think the better off we're all going to be. So I, I, I thank you very much for writing your book and I am going to be reading it. Me too. And, uh, and we encourage thank all you. of our listeners to, to I'd be a get a copy yeah. as well. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Yes, thank you. It's very and nice I to will, meet you. I will hope that you will keep in contact, Jessica, and hang in there. Yes, I now know someone I can talk to. When, because that's another thing is when you need advice, who do you talk to when you don't know anybody else who's been through it or going through it? It's hard. Sometimes it's lonely. The, the, the Internet has just, yeah. I mean, there are millions of victims. Good. Billions. Good to know, but not good to know. So, it's one of those things. <laughs> good to know there are others that I can talk to, uh, but unfortunate, unfortunate that yeah. we're all in that situation. All right. Okay. Well, well so happy to be here, and thank you so thank much. You. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Mrs. I'm, X No More. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, that's in the story on how the title got out. So okay. you'll read. Very <laughs> it's, good. A, it's a little catcher there. <laughs> so anyhow, I am Mrs. X no more, and I want psychopath awareness. And thank you for the opportunity of letting me share it with you. And David, God, you have such good insight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and slap her silly. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just like to feel I'm a storyteller and I'm an observer of the world. And so I just try to pay attention. So. Well, you do a great job, and thank you very much. It's been enjoyable. Thank Thank you. Best to you both. Thank you, and to you as well. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.